Welcome, everyone, to Rules of the Arena, episode 33. This episode is made possible by Blind Ninja Studios, where you can find this show and others, such as Department of Fence, Homebrew Bound, Soundwave, Legends of Lothos, and my new show, No Story Left Behind. We are also brought to you by Duck Hill Workshop, a small-scale sawmill, and builders of fine furniture. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, at Duck Hill Workshop. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, where you can watch episodes of Workshop Wednesday. This week, Carla is back from Blackhand Photography, joining us for her second trip down to the Blind Ninja Studios. Thank you again for taking the time to make the trek down here and sit in this wonderful sweat box that Casey has. <laughs> hey, it's it wasn't this sweaty skin. last time. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it was worse last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was like six bodies in here. That's also right. true. <laughs> like, or more. At least then we had something to blame it on. Well, I mean, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For any new listeners, you can hear Carla's first time being on the the show from episode nine. Carla, just introduce yourself uh, a little bit for the folks tuning in for the first time. Cool. Uh, My name is Carla Alexandra Rodriguez. I run a small uh, portrait business that specializes in a Civil War era photo process called Tintype or Wet Plate. And I've been doing it for about five years now. And I do uh, pop-ups at breweries or markets or that kind of thing. And I also have a studio space that I work out of. Um, I also use this process in my fire network. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm just kind of uh, monetizing my art practice as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> since last time you're, you're, since you've been on the show last time, you did trips to Chicago, New York. Am I missing one? I don't think so. How'd those go? Um, they're great. Chicago is great. Um, uh, so that one is for, I, I go once a year there um, for the Renegade uh, Craft Fair. Um, but I'm actually going there, not this weekend, but next weekend, um, the 24th, I think in the 25th, um, for an oddities uh, market. Uh, that's going to be a Stan Mansion in Chicago. So I'm really excited about that, especially because I've been trying to find other really good markets to go to Chicago for, so I can at least go twice a year. Um, uh, but uh, Chicago's always been pretty good uh, for me. And then, um, uh, what was the other one, New York? Yes. Uh, New York was for a workshop. So uh, Penumbra is a really cool uh, like alternative process uh foundation that they maintain a lot of they have like really great dark rooms and other spaces there that and they specialize in uh keeping historical processes alive including tintype amongst other things and they had a mammoth plate workshop which is basically large scale tintypes uh bigger than eight by ten and i am working towards uh trying to do 20 by 24 plates and i know that the technique is completely different for how to handle the plate and pour the chemistry and everything. So I wanted to take a workshop in order to like get a kind of handle on, on what that feels like with my hands. Uh, and it went really well. It was really cool to to work with them. I mean, I've been following them on Instagram for ages and we've had some communication. So it was really cool to meet Jeffrey and uh, the other people running that um, that workshop and make friends there and uh, and make some art. It was really cool. Do you get, to, do you take, it was like schedule on some vacation time? Uh, yeah, I was visiting my sister. She lives up there. Um, uh, she lives in uh, Manhattan. So we were visiting her. It was like, actually, it was the timing was great because it was her birthday. And so we flew up and surprised her um, with other family. And then I got to do that workshop too. And I got to meet a bunch of uh, really cool people with long hair. <laughs> um, uh, I like put out a, a call on Instagram for people with like extra long hair because I was doing these like weird portraits that I 
did when I was in college, but I was kind of revisiting with this process, which was really cool to revisit them and to kind of making masks with them. And um, uh, uh, like I, I met uh, one person through Instagram. I approached a guy in a bar <laughs> in New York, which was really interesting. I think he was on a date. And uh, and I approached him. I was like, I'm trying. I promise you, I'm not trying to be creepy or anything like that. I just noticed you have really long hair. I'm a photographer. <laughs> Here's my card. I know this is super creepy. I just and he was like, yes, yeah. He was so excited. I think like it was like the first time anyone has ever been like, let me make you a picture. And he's like, I'm here for it. Whatever you want. Like, <laughs> but um, uh, so yeah. So he uh, he was really excited to participate. And then um, and then I had like a third person who was just at the workshop who ended up having extra long hair that I used and stuff but it was good it was cool to me were you doing i've seen you've done or we're doing the the not art i can't think of the name of it you had people like tied up in different positions shibari yes thank you were you doing that in new york or is that i was not doing that in new york no um i'm mostly doing that here in the twin cities i mean like i would love to to do that in new york but i don't i'm sure i know there's rope top people out there who would do that but like i i don't want to pay to go to new york (laughs) and then rent that a camera and you know all kinds of stuff so it's like um, so I'm just doing it here locally. So did you have to rent a camera? You can't. So that's what the workshop, your, okay. that was the workshop. So I, at the workshop, I got to use, I got to basically use their camera and it was 16 by 20. It wasn't 20 by 24, but it's like, what is it? Like four inches mm-hmm. off or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah. So, so you can't use the computer, the computer, the, um, camera that you have now. For no, to do 20, no, no. My, so I have an eight by 10 camera. And so this process is indexical. And uh, so you can't, like, you know, you can only make a tintype as big as your camera. So that's why we have mammoth plates, mammoth cameras, like really big cameras, so that way you can make bigger plates. Sounds like it'd be fun to haul around for a pop-up. Oh, oh I'm, that, that is a studio only. Yes. Studio only. Um, so, yeah. That's what, so about big camera. didn't Ansel Adams, like, build a camera into his car? To uh, shoot huge plates, I think it may. I don't know if Ansel Adams did that. I know he like lugged around a eight by ten, like which a, a lot of people thought was crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't. He might have done that. I don't know. I can look into that. But that brings. We've had the conversation about building cameras, yes, yeah. and so like that needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, like I have. So <clears throat> my husband said that he was going to build me a twenty by twenty four camera for my thirtieth birthday. I'm still. <laughs> waiting on that but um uh he's kind of like he, you know he's kind of he's like says he's waiting on me to get a lens but i'm like but, but can you just start like <laughs> doing the thing because the lens anyway i get it like but um uh but i mean if i can get two that'd be dope mm-hmm. i'll get i'll take two right yeah i think it's the same thing yeah. though. like we just gotta figure out what lens we're gonna do yeah yeah i that, that, i know that's important like i need to find the lens because then i can figure out like what my mm-hmm. bellows is or whatever but at the same time i don't like i can't super afford a crazy big lens right, right. now so we'll they're, see they're i mean i'm trying well yeah. how difficult is it to make a camera for what you're doing i mean well you can literally make a box mm-hmm. and you could just make a cardboard box and as long as it's light tight and stuff that's it can be a camera if you right. put a lens and stuff on it now depending on what you end up wanting to do with it if you want to be able to focus or like do tilt shifts <laughs> or anything like that then that's a whole nother thing um, so it can get complicated really fast, but essentially a camera is a box. Mm-hmm. So it's more like we're well, first time you're down here. It's more about the strobes that you're using, and then mm-hmm. of course the chemical process. Mm-hmm. Not so much the hardware. Okay. You mentioned how does it change when you scale up to something that size? So, so for like really, it's like a, a it's like a 
like a chemical thing, like a getting the chemistry on the plate in an even manner mm. um, is totally different. So like with a smaller plate, you can hold it on your hand pretty easily. Um, with a bigger plate, you have to use two hands. And so then there's like this question of like, how do I pour the chemistry on there and then use my, like I need to move quickly enough mm -hmm. to so it doesn't dry before it's all, uh, it's like a whole thing. And so there's a bunch of techniques that like you can employ as far as like, you know, using your two hands or using a ball or like all kinds of stuff. So it's, uh, uh, it's cool. All right. And when you're traveling, you said you've, you're, you've approached a stranger at the bar and you mm -hmm. put a call out for people along here. Are you networking with other photographers you know, through the workshops or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, you know, trying to connect with other people. Like, mo like honestly, I'm mostly interested in connecting with other women who are doing this process or photographers and working kind of like more with alternative processes. Um, obviously, like I'm, su I'm open to, to connecting with men too, but it's like, you know, there's a lot of you guys out there. And I'm, like, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, um, you still uh, getting men coming up and telling you their, oh, their photography God, yes. careers? I'm trying to be nicer to them. I'm trying to be nicer to them because I like don't want to be, you know, you never know. Like you never know who this person is. You never know. Like I don't want to like be that the tintype bitch, you know. Like I mean, I am. If you ever, if you ever need to rebrand, no. like that, <laughs> that's go. my. <laughs> no, but um, I, I need to try and be nicer. I just get I just lose my patience sometimes with like people wanting to impress me or I mean, I don't, maybe impresses that just tell me about what I'm doing and it can get really frustrating. But I, I'm trying to be kinder. I'm trying to give people space to talk. And if I don't have time, I'm going to be honest about it and be like, you know, I'm working on a thing, but you can talk to my assistant. And, you know, it's a, the, the mm -hmm. you shoulds, I believe. So. You said, you know, you did a workshop in New York and you recently just did your first workshop. Yeah, I taught one, yeah. How'd it go? Um, it went really well. It was really great. Um, uh, it was small, which is good. I Originally, we were going to have it open to six students and I'm really glad it was not six because we had three and that was, that was enough. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Like, I don't, um, uh, so it was like a... It was, I don't know, it went really well. It, I was really pleased with the students who were there and they were super into it and like really like open and kind and like uh, I, you know, felt, it was nice to know that I was pretty knowledgeable and prepared for it in the sense of like, you know, when the questions they asked me, I was like, oh, I do know the answer to that. Or like, um, so that was really cool. And it was really nice to like, I don't know, to to help somebody else see the magic of tintype and like and and help them make it with their own hands, like empowering them in that way was really cool. So it felt really good. What made you change your mind? Because last time yes. you're on, you're pretty adamant about not yeah. doing workshops. I well, I guess like, you know, I thought a lot about I got approached by Praxis Gallery, um, which is like a, a gallery like uh, photo uh, workshop thing and uh, in Minneapolis and they were like we want you to teach this workshop here and da 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 and I just kind of was like at this point I was like you know like they're gonna ask a bunch of other people and I you know if I want to kind of establish myself as like the person in the Twin Cities who does this like it it probably behooves me to to make myself available in this way especially because like there's people all the time online who are like trying to access me in that way so I feel like okay can I charge them for that like that'd be cool um, uh, so um, so they approached me and I thought a lot about it and I was like, you know, ultimately, you know, of course, the, the risk for me, right, is like that I teach someone and then they try to do what I'm doing, right? But I'm also like, 
you know, I've been doing this for five years. I have my brand established. I have my clientele established for the most part. I mean, I would like to continue to grow, um, but uh, but I am like ahead of the curve in the Twin Cities at least. And so I feel like teaching doesn't, it's not gonna take away anything from me as far as like my business. Um, at least I came to that conclusion, I hope. <laughs> um, uh, also, I mean, teaching too, like a lot of these people realize how hard it is and how much goes into it, how much money goes into it. And I think it, it ends up, you know, for some people who maybe ha- had thought about doing that, right, as like a, 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 a vocation or whatever, realize, oh, there's like way more work that goes into this and, and are maybe intimidated by that. Um, so for, I feel like for every, I don't mean, I don't know this, per, like actually data point wise, but I feel like for probably every 10 people I teach, maybe one person will actually try and pursue it past that um, to a point of like uh, monetizing it. So. Um, so I'm not super worried about it. How much work did you put in into planning and logistics to get the workshop? You know, I mean, going? it was all my stuff. Like it was all like you know all my gear. The the Praxis was really good about like um, advertising it and like setting up the space and everything. And uh, I had them buy some things like a like a giant grow tent so like more than one person can go into the dark room. Um, and then uh, but uh, but other than that, you know, I put together the. Uh, like the info sheet and like I I'm had all the information for the class and stuff. I, I don't um, I didn't have like a packet or anything like that. Like it was mostly verbal and um, people were taking notes just because there's tons of manuals out there. Like I don't need to reinvent the wheel for that. I'm just like, just go buy this manual and then you'll have like the step by step. But here is the hands on like thing about that. But um, yeah. Did you have a set piece for them to photograph or did you let the students kind of pick and choose? I like so the first day was like kind of just theory and chemistry right so like talking about the technique mixing the chemistry talking about like some of the history of it and and then I did I shot a couple example plates so they could watch me do it and, and talked about it step by step and then the next day was them they got to shoot and I told them because I kind of actually took this from the workshop that I did in New York where it was like uh, you know, you set up what you want to shoot that day. So, like, you either call in a model or you set up a still life or da da da. Because I think that's more compelling for a student to make work that they're interested in or photograph things that they're interested in, whether it be people or a still life or that kind of thing, instead of like setting something up and then everyone has this uh, the same tintype. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, or the same image. And so it was really cool. And they all did like really different things, which was really cool. Like, um, uh, and the, and all their plates looked really good. Like I was actually very surprised by, um, usually w- w- when with teaching, especially tintype, like the hardest part is like the development, and uh, and so that's kind of where it gets really hairy for a lot of people, and because you have to like pour confidently and stuff, and and they did really well. Like there was like maybe one or two like little black spots where the the developer doesn't get to it because they didn't pour hard enough, but like. But honestly, the the plates look way better than I thought for people who've never done this before. So it was really cool. Should students have any background in wet plate photography, or couldn't someone like myself, who my entire photography career is based off a cell phone, yeah. come in and take the class and have a you know a decent um, handle? Uh, you do not have to have experience with wet plate at all. Uh, what I would like maybe suggest is a little experience with like analog photography, not even even large format necessarily, but analog, just so you can understand like exposure times and all that kind of stuff uh like a, the two people in the workshop had no experience with large format cameras or those camera movements and so there was like a little bit of that teaching them and they caught it on right away because they're familiar with cameras 
Um, uh, so a little bit of experience is good, but honestly, like you could, you could come in there with like zero experience. It's just going to like maybe be a little bit harder for you. You might struggle a little bit more, but, um, but I'm happy to like meet you where you are as far as that goes. No, completing the workshop. I mean, did you learn anything um, being the teacher instead of the student now that you want to keep, you know, moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, like learn, uh, what do you mean? Like, like learn this, a type or? You know, well, this worked really well for teaching new students, but maybe this didn't really work out. How would your, sense. how would your next workshop be different? Yeah. Teaching I mean, technique. like, yeah, I, for me, I don't know. It went really well. I don't know if I would necessarily change anything, uh, other than like, you know, having maybe m- more slick printed materials, like for resources for them. And mm-hmm. then. Um, uh, the shellacking got a little bit hairy because it was really humid in the, so maybe like the timing of the workshop might be better to do it in the fall or the winter because it's drier. Um, and so then I can teach shellacking better because we tried to shellac plates and it was just so humid because I'd been raining all day that the plates were like doing all this like weird, like bubbling stuff with the shellac, which happens when it's too humid. Hmm. And well, someone like someone's wedding back in June of 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Ben. <clears throat> yes, I'm aware. That was a very humid day. It was a very humid Thank day. Thank you. Um, but, uh, uh, but the, shell- the like, so that was, like, I went into the workshop wanting to teach shellacking and, like, wasn't able to do that with them. I mean, I they saw, like, what the theory was. They just didn't get to see, like, a perfect plate hmm. get made because it was, like, it was just too humid in there. I also, like, I did it. I, sh- I wanted to show them, like, the, like, showy way of doing shellacking, which is, like, doing it over a flame. Mm. and But I don't shellac my plates that way. I shellac with an oven. But it's just not as glamorous. <laughs> and, like, you know, cool. Like, ooh, it's an open flame. Let me, like, you know. And I should have just done it with the oven because it would have been better because the oven is dry on the inside because it's hot. And so the, the plates wouldn't have reacted as badly. So, you know, I'll just do that different next time. So what is what does the shellacking do? Because last time around we talked about I guess development of it. I know that's not the right word. Mm-hmm. And you, we talked about a little, having a little cue card. It's actually called fixing. Whatever, yes, fixing. Yeah, there fixing. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about that. But what's the shellacking do? Shellacking um, basically preserves the surface of the tintype and protects it and makes it archival. So it's like literal shellac, like mm-hmm. bug shellac, and uh, it uh, it just like coats the surface of the plate so that way the emulsion doesn't get scratched and stuff. The collodion, I mean. Are you blending your own shellac with your chemicals, or are you just? I, I was mixing my own shellac for a while, and then because uh, it's cheaper overall for my business to buy all the chemical components individually and then um, uh, and mix it on by myself because of how much I go through. But the shellac, honestly, like you don't use that much shellac when you're in like. I found some that I really like that's like really good stuff as far as like w- way better than what I can make by myself with what I have and so that's the one thing I'm like buying um, pre-made and stuff and it's it lasts me forever so I'm still on the same bottle I bought like six months ago so <laughs> it's doing pretty good nice. uh, should students bring in their own chemicals no or we you, provide that's all it yeah we mm-hmm. all it's all provided they don't have to all, all they need to bring is themselves something to take notes with and like an idea to photograph basically and the safety equipment i saw everyone was yes wearing yeah that was provided yeah, yeah the, all the chemistry is provided all the like you know basically everything you need to make a plate is provided there change gears just a little bit here uh, mm-hmm. and we we're kind of talking off air uh, about social media yeah <laughs> and the joys of trying to be a small business owner and get the name out there on that i mean like myself and other small business owners and i, I hate to use the word creators um, but you've fought the censorship bots and algorithms yeah 
Uh, do you see that effect, uh, like a direct effect, on your you know pop-ups or in the, a workshop in this case from being you know not people not seeing you or the lack of engagement? I mean, I suspect. Like, I, I like the thing is, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Instagram. I don't like half the time I'm like throwing stones in the dark when mm-hmm. I'm using that app. And uh, I don't know. Like, I hear all different kinds of stuff. Like, you have to have a comment on your post within two minutes. Uh, so uh, or else you're you're going to get very little engagement or Instagram's not going to show it to the rest of your followers or you can't you can't comment with emojis. You can only comment with words and it has to be six words. And you can all this like rules, all these rules about when the when you post and all this stuff and. And, and who interacts with the post and then how m- much the post get, then gets shown to the people who already vol- like opted in to follow you, which is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it, that's all like super frustrating. But um, I don't know, just lately I've been noticing, I've had one, I, like so I've been suspicious that I w- I've been being throttled for my, the po- well, which we'll talk about probably, a post that I posted a while ago that got taken down several times because there's no nipples in it. And uh, well, you got throttled because there were no nipples. There was no nipples in it, but Instagram <laughs> thought there were nipples in it. It's very annoying. I mean, the first one, okay, granted, the first one, okay, anyway, we'll, we will talk about that. We will talk about that. But what I'm saying is, ever since then, I've noticed like a steep drop off mm-hmm. in engagement on my account, and uh, and it's been really frustrating. Like when I'm trying to talk about something that's happening or like a market or whatever, I feel like not everybody's seeing it. And then I get people in my inbox being like, Oh, I didn't know you were doing this market. I'm like, I've been posting, like you follow me. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do or say. And then, or, and, but then I get self-conscious, like, okay, maybe my work isn't interesting enough for people to engage with. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's like a whole shitty thing. And I'm like, but yeah, like I don't, my, I've been like super stagnant on my uh, engagement and my follower account lately and it's been really frustrating but I'm trying not to focus on that because I focus on it a lot and I'm just trying to like make work and put it out there and just hope for the best. Is Instagram the one that you kind of focus on? Yeah, that's the only one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, like literally everything else isn't really worth So uh, this is something that I've gotten really frustrated with and I don't know if Gordon has or you have but the fact that Instagram really doesn't have a good way to schedule Posts yeah. where right. yeah. it's, it's I want to <clears throat> post you have to stuff use a third party app that almost always costs no, money. Well, no, but even in th- like so, I think I, later, later I, I'm, I'm a developer mm-hmm. and I research their API and their posting API is shit. Right, like even that you can't guarantee it. They're using screen scraping software and that's not even a hundred percent like accurate like hey, it could just go down tomorrow if they decide no, no, to change the UI so screen scraping yeah sorry so screen scraping is basically um, you look at the code of the website and then you try to input the fields that are there so um, if I if I like if you hit like depending on the browser or whatever if you hit like F like 12 or control U you can see the code of the website you can write an app that will look at that and then you can insert you can write an, you can write software that will just insert the fields and then push that so but you're dependent on how the UI is laid out on the thing but because it's a mobile site that makes it even harder because you can only access it from a cell phone through the app because you can't post from a PC mm-hmm. which right. is really you fucking can view stupid and like but you can't post but you can't yeah. post yeah 
And so that makes it really hard. But no, like the fact that you can't schedule anything, I feel like is a huge drawback. Yeah, you know, it's, well, because they want irritating. part of it, too. I think they want the user to be actively like they want the user to be using it. Yeah, but like, they're also targeting businesses yes. and businesses want to like right. something schedule. else that I noticed is that if um, someone so I've cross posted stuff. So I have a business. Black Hand is a business account. And then I've cross-posted stuff on my personal account, and my personal account, even though it has way less engagement, way less comments, way less followers, um, those posts will end up on the top pages of those hashtags instead of my business account. Even though my business account gets what? like anywhere between a hundred to two hundred more if not, likes, and, if you're not and, using their paid yeah, promotion yeah. as a business, yeah, you get screwed. And I was yeah. listening to another podcast um, by wow. I think yeah. name right now. It's but very frustrating. He was saying, but Facebook and Instagram are the two worst curating or have the worst curating algorithms out there and Twitter's like the best and it's you know, like I get more engagement yeah, Twitter's a cesspool so. right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like well it's easy to say because you have 20 million followers on Twitter what about us down here the little fish you, yeah. know, that you are, have 20 million followers? no, no god no 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, oh. it's, so like my I think my engagement's like 5,000 weekly but only 10% of that will actually see my yes. posts yeah. and less than that actually this quick double tap I'm like just double tap it please make me feel better about myself <laughs> yeah, right just the do- I see that dopamine hit I need that right. sweet sweet well, what, what Instagram is it? dopamine uh, less than 10% of your followers will actually engage in posts mm-hmm. and then it's, less than half of that will be positive like, right yeah. it's super annoying because I've even seen it where I have a larger following on Instagram and yet all of the traffic all of the external traffic going to my YouTube page is coming off my Facebook yeah yeah, it's it's it. it's really wild. I mean, they're trying to monetize it. I mean, they are monetizing <clears throat> it. They're trying to get you to pay to play, and it's, um, you know, it, it's frustrating for me because I'm like, damn, like I wish I'd gotten because all of the people that I follow that have like over 10k mm-hmm. followers that do what I do, they were doing this before the the algorithms really changed and where it was like organic to get followers mm-hmm. just because your work was good, right? And 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 now it's impo- it's like impossible to get that many followers unless some something goes viral or you pay for it essentially. Right. So it's just really frustrating as a business. And I'm just I'm literally just waiting for the next thing at this point because yeah, I no. I'm just frustrated about not being able to post like being afraid to post certain types of content too. Like right. so to talk to come back to the what got taken yeah, let's down. Yeah, hear the nipple yeah. story. The nipple yeah. story. Yeah. Mostly just because I like nipple stories. Nipples. So. Okay, <laughs> first of all, nipples are fucking great. Nipples are great. Man's nipples, women's nipples, non-binary nipples. They're all great. They're all great. But for whatever reason, if there's like a little bit extra fat attached in uh, an uh, X chromosome it's bad it's bad nipple that's a bad nipple and Zuckerberg's jealous that he doesn't have a mammary gland it's just really fun. Well, like, I mean I feel like I don't know you might have bigger boobs than I am but my like <laughs> but like but my nipple is vulgar and yours isn't it's so fucking frustrating I don't know like, I'm pretty sure Gordon's nipples are pretty fucking but vulgar <laughs> But if I posted a photo of them, I wouldn't get in trouble. You wouldn't get in trouble. Shaved or unshaved. (laughs) Shaved or unshaved. Good God. Um, But so I posted an image that I had posted before. Thank you for that mental image. There's there's a market for men with my body type out there. There is, absolutely. A lot of... there, yes. Well, Devin, if you're listening, I know you've asked for a calendar before. We still have to, yeah, I was going to say, we still have to do a beefcake calendar. Beefcake. <laughs> um, 
Uh, That's how we'll monetize the podcast. <laughs> Please buy her calendar. Yeah. If you give me money, we won't release this. Oh. <laughs> I think that's blackmail. I don't. <laughs> Anyways. But um, so I post. So I have on my Instagram currently this same exact piece, but it's painted on. But the nipples are still visible. Right. But they're very small. It's a composite piece with a woman of color. And she's like a little curvier. And but there's paint on this original one. I didn't censor out the nipples. I just totally forgot because they're so small and you don't really notice them. Uh, and so I, just, I didn't. And that post has been completely fine. And then I did a digital composite of the same set of images, but without the paint on it um, to see what it looked like. Just kind of like a reimagining of the same piece. And I posted it, forgot to edit out the nipples because it didn't really matter last time. And I got that post taken down. And I was like, oh, oops. I forgot to edit out these tiny nipples out of this image. I'll just go ahead and quick, you know, blur them out. And I see, if you're on Instagram, I see all kinds of wild like stuff on there that mm -hmm. it's like someone barely blur it doesn't not look like it's blurred it's just, it still looks like a damn nipple but it's mm. it's blurred like so i've seen all kinds of other people posting stuff like very subtle like n nipple blurring it's it's interesting that the that the non-composite didn't get blocked they're both composites oh okay they're okay. both composites but like one is has paint on it and the other doesn't but the paint is not on the than the it's yeah. not covering anything it's just it, no but that yeah. that's just that's interesting yeah. that one did and yeah. one didn't so um would you chalk that up to being you know the instagram bot or maybe is that I, or maybe someone they're, reported they're, it because they're offended so machine learning know. is real dumb this is <clears throat> but so it, because it, it happened to you multiple times it happened to me multiple times so i suspect somebody was reporting it and there are the trolls out there that yeah. just go in like yeah. they're pissed off and yeah. they start reporting shit and so i i suspect some one of my followers who whoever you are like please go get a fucking life thanks like, instagram mom thanks <laughs> like, wow well, i'm so sorry nipples are so offensive to you but um so i posted again edited right subtly i just like blurred just like i've seen everyone else done taken down i was like what the fuck there's no nipples in that and then this made me really fucking mad and so i made a third one that had text on top of the image that said our bodies are not offensive and they it was like super there was no nipples in this image taken down a third time and i was like what the actual fuck don't upset the overlords but like there but the thing is though i see so many images on instagram mm -hmm. of so the, my other thing too and this is like a, a documented thing on instagram is that a lot of posts of uh, uh, bigger women um, uh, and women of color get taken down um, because of their body, like their even though there's no nipples in it or anything like that, it, like if they're like in a bikini or it's like their mm. back or whatever, like those get taken down for because it violates the the guidelines or whatever. Oh, interesting. And so it, a lot of women are uh, like are experiencing that, right? And then um, uh, so though. I suspect, well, one, that someone reported it, or two, that because it was a woman of color and she's like a little curvier, that Instagram was like, this is vulgar. Her nipples have to be in there, and they're, but they're not. And there's no way to, um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, Differentiate? No, it's not, there's no way to appeal it. Oh, there's appeal. no oh, way to appeal there's, it. There's no appeal process? There's no appeal, there's okay. zero appeal poly, uh, process. Like it just, they just take it down. And so it's like, well, how do I tell, like, I, like I wanted to be like, hey, no, actually, look, there's this violates zero guidelines, and uh, but I got scared because immediately after that my engagement tanked, 
And uh, so it was just kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't post the work that I'm excited about or like, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm like afraid, like if I'm, I'm continuing to make the Shibari images and even though there's probably not, there's not going to be anything that violates the guidelines in that because it's maybe vaguely sexual and content, like I, Instagram's going to flag me because they're doing that now. Anything. So even if it doesn't violate the guidelines, like no nudity, no pornography, blah, blah, blah. Um, if it is like not palatable as far as like, you know, if it's a woman in a bikini or a, a, they had like an example sheet of like the images that they were training people to look for. Hmm. Um, uh, like uh, like one was like a woman sitting sexy in lingerie on a bed and the other one was like a guy like grabbing his junk through the pants. I'm like, wow, okay, like the standards are like really <laughs> different for men and women here. Burt Reynolds is right up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, you were kidding. Yeah. That image is okay for Instagram. What? But a woman, but a woman in lingerie or in a bikini is not okay for Instagram. So they're going to start throttling those what accounts. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. So like, it, and you know, so like if I'm, now I'm afraid to post the work that I'm excited about because it's it's going to continue to throttle my account. That's and like, yeah, such. Yeah. It's bullshit. Wow. It's yeah, bullshit. I, like, so I'm just like ready for the <laughs> next thing. All right. So what ROA's uh, new Instagram account is just man nipples. Yeah. Uh, 24-7. <laughs> just every, every morning, well, Gordon, I want a new nipple can, pic. Like, <laughs> if you did that, left, legitimately, right, if you did that, how do they tell? Like, if you get they, close enough, you can't. You can't. Yeah, and there are some so, accounts that are dedicated to that, but like, but Instagram sometimes will just take those down, just like out of like, yeah, you know. no man nipple accounts. But either. what what bugs me is that there are people posting totally flagrant, mm-hmm. clearly violating mm-hmm. the policies and not getting taken yep. down. Um, there's like, uh, I mean, usually if it's like skinny white women, it's fine. Yes. Yeah. Whether it's like a guy's account or a woman's account, or if it's skinny white women, it's fine. Well, you brought up your engagement tanked after it got pulled out, yeah. which kind of that rings a few bells in my head because I got censored and I still can't put mu- had the music option on my Instagram stories because yeah. Grant I kind of got all hot headed and flew off the handle yelled at YouTube you never do that five year old throwing a tantrum wait hang on hang on are you talking about the time that you got like banned you, because you had a completely same name as somebody else's no no no, no 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 he posted okay. copyrighted material oh no okay. i did not post copyright no they i, I feel like all of this is great <laughs> <Don't get mad. laughs> instagram has an option you can add a little 15 second snippet of a song that they've already uploaded onto their database yeah. i don't have that option i Selected a part. Yeah, well, Gordon doesn't I, I either anymore. To. Yeah, I don't have that <laughs> I did, option. I maybe I don't. I never noticed that. But because- the lyrics I chose out of that song probably weren't the most appropriate thing in the world. And the next clip had the YouTube logo and everything in there. And rightfully, I got banned. But yeah, I noticed my my engagement tanked. It cut cut down. I'd say to twenty five percent of what yeah. it was. And it yeah. took me two years of doing a podcast to I ramp mean, it up. Right. It's like, holy shit, I'm getting 20 plus likes yeah. finally. And oh, no, no, we're back down to four. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's jumping back a little bit. I have noticed that there are multiple user interfaces that Instagram has. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> I was trying to make eye contact and talk at the same time. It's this is totally really fine. Those are not <laughs> things that you can do. do. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so like even across my what the three well I have was running four pages at one point in time yeah um, like two of them have the same interface and the other two are totally different yeah and so hearing that like you have that I've never tried to upload music but and then you yeah. don't have access to that it just blows to my it. mind I don't know if it's because I'm a business account or what it is but no, I have I have both I have business, business and personal accounts, accounts and mm-hmm. it's 
Hmm. Well, dumb. yeah, and part of it is they're rolling out new interfaces yeah. to see what people will yeah. engage with. And yeah. when you have multiple accounts, you end up dealing with separate shit. Yep. It's super annoying because you can't it, be no, consistent. No, it's incredibly annoying. When they tell you that consistency is the thing and you can't be consistent across multiple yeah. accounts on well, the same platform. But they're like, like well, you only posts, everybody so, yeah. only has one. Oh, bullshit. That's their their mindset. But they right, let you that. log into Instagram knows that people have multiple accounts. Yeah, like whether it be for your business or your personal account or the the secret account that you use. To follow oh, you know they ex. have an option to <laughs> add more <laughs> accounts. No, everybody has that that research account. Yeah, the research account. <laughs> the, like I don't want this person to know I'm looking at their stories, so I'm going to put some like innocuous like puppy pictures of I don't know I don't have right. this I just need you guys to that's know my this. princess bride account we just don't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> my pretty pony Jesus Christ well you said you're waiting for the next you know the next thing yeah but what is the next thing? I have no and idea. And Instagram's I mean, been around at, for like 10 years, so it's like... Well, you look at Instagram was the next thing. Yeah. And also, right. then Facebook came yeah. over like, here's a truckload of cash. Yeah. Here Let's, you go. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that's... I mean, uh, for right now, it's looking like maybe Patreon is an avenue, but like, I don't, I don't know yet how to like figure that out how to monetize how it how to monetize mm-hmm. it like or even to ask people to do that like I want to be able to put my work out there without it being you know and people have, like Instagram is just so accessible for so yeah. many people mm-hmm. so yeah. many people have it yeah. I got chewed out because they're like well Instagram is for pictures I go yes I realize that thank you uh, no but every it's also single bit if you're a business social media yeah. outlets mm-hmm. if you're a business and you don't have a fucking Instagram you don't exist like think, and you're not gonna yeah right the thing about all the, the YouTube music where it's just an image of the album cover mm-hmm. and their song like mm-hmm. that's not a video YouTube's for videos yeah, yeah. Well, I honestly, I didn't unless have you're uh, you're a YouTube Reb subscriber, and then it's for music too. Because you, no. you can you can just turn off your phone, and it'll still play the fucking music. <laughs> That's like. so cool! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> That's how it should be. Well, I mean, reinventing uh, the wheel. <laughs> well, I, I was I, more just giving him. Shit, I know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an Instagram until Ben. You sent me a podcast uh, uh, made for profit. There, no, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, Instagram's bread and butter of social media marketing for businesses i'm like oh fuck i still don't know how they're doing that but it a lot of it did help and i've seen uh, i've gained more traction with instagram as far as engagement and just general followers and that's when the podcast really started to talk take off from Mm -hmm. just facebook and now facebook's kind of like the bastard child that sits in the corner doesn't say anything now facebook is for grandmas right yeah but However, it's generating the most of my traction. It really too. makes me I angry. can't really get mad at <laughs> it. All, all those like, sweet, sweet grandmas watching yeah. you build things. Right. You know. <laughs> See, there you go. You can get your nipple pics in there, too. Oh, God. They would love that. Doug Hill nipple nice workshop. Look at this young man. This nice young man building a table. <laughs> That's titillating. Titillating. Mm, literally, I get like, just big wooden... Just dust. spears through, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, Instagram is simultaneously great and horrible. Yes. And uh, it's not like we. Well, I think that's just all social media in general right now. Yeah, right. there's there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. It's just yeah, whatever works works. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. table. Co- I mean, I've seen a lot of people kind of moving towards Reddit and some of the 
I guess outer rims of the social media. You guys, any three of you, go on or post on there for you know blind. I I read it, but I don't post on it. I I do not talk about my Reddit activity. I do not uh, (laughs) self-publicize on Reddit because they fucking will destroy you. They don't like that that when you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, So Gordon, self-publicize on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, it, no, I've never been on. I also before. that that's like, I mean, uh, there's of course some really lovely people, normal people who use that, but the, but most of the people who interact with posts or whatever are like the cesspool of like human yeah, yeah. beings. So saying that, I have found my podcast on Reddit before, where oh. people have been talking about it, and you guys are awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> I found, I can't remember how I found it, but there's another social media app called Vero. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Vero. Where, yeah, that one was like I was like ooh, and the, but it never, it just never took off. Yeah, so. I, I don't like how it, you can't really search for other people very well. But I've g- gained a lot of people from Vero have started coming over to Twitch from it. <laughs> so since we've kind of gone this like social media like bash fest thing, well, not, not not just that, but like so rules of the arena is on Patreon. Yeah. Yep. Um, Duck Hill is on Patreon. It is, but not actively. Okay, and BNS is on Patreon, um, and you're looking at it. I'm thinking about it. Okay. I don't know how. How are you guys monetizing? Uh, like, what what are you guys' incentives for people mm. popping up that's, on Patreon? That's the hardest thing I've had. Like, like who? Um, I can't remember what the book was, but they talked about if you're opening a business, and especially in today's online marketing, you need to create a why. Why do people want to give you money? Why do they want to buy your product? And it's like. Oh, that makes sense. Coming from, you'd think after 19 years of being in sales, I would know that. Mm-hmm. But then reading, it's like, oh shit, that's the biggest hump I've been trying to get okay. over. And shout out to Ashley, my Patreon. That's donated. Your, your patron, patron one. Your one, one patron. Yeah, yeah. So far, uh, <clears throat> you've, you know, that's all I'm getting right now. But I've tried to like, yeah. I have, you know, the tip chart here, which I talked about before mm-hmm. on the show. Just give me a buck. That's all I ask. Yeah. But it's like, okay, how Buy do I? Coffee. What do I do to build on that? What do I? You know. Yeah. Hey, thanks. You just gave me twenty bucks. Here's. I'll buy you a pint when you're in Wisconsin. I don't know. <laughs> a monthly Google. Well, hangout. yeah. So yeah. for for BNS, um, we're not super successful on Patreon, but we we're pulling in an amount of money, which is nice. Uh, we do the one dollar tier, which is you get your name on the website, and like we appreciate it. And we have it's the like fu- AM girls. Kind of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what we are. Look at your name on the Except wall if you Less nipples. <laughs> uh, and then we, you we might have a, make more money. Right? Uh, and then we have the $5 tier, which is uh, we do two. Uh, with uh, two two episodes of our podcast aren't available on Twitch or YouTube. They're strictly for patrons. Mm-hmm. So you get access to those. And then we have our $20 tier where, uh, I mean, you guys have heard, listened to DOO. We have Andy Thompson. <laughs> Shout out to $20 patron, our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. Who can he, stop school buses from falling the, off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, we actually, every week, we make up a thing for our, 20, for our black belt patrons. <laughs> a new superpower that they have. Like... <laughs> Just like giving them that shout out. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. We 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 say something about them on our shows. Um, But yeah, like even then, I'm just like, like yeah. So we we only do monthly. We don't do by episode because we release so much shit. Like it's like, (laughs) well, how many shows are you active on? We do we well we do four to five shows a week depending on the week. So. Mm 
Uh, yeah. What about Duck Hill? <clears throat> um, I've really been contemplating doing the same thing as Gordon, similar in doing a tip jar, just like, hey, whatever, whether you want to do that per episode or per just here's two bucks, here's a coffee, here's whatever. Um, and then I've been thinking about the higher tiers. Like, is it a, is it a shout out? Is it? And it's so hard to f- kind like, of figure out yeah. where that is it, lands. Is it merch? Is it going to be, Hey, I'm going to make a thing and you're going to be the person that gets it this month. Yeah. Or so that's kind of why I haven't pushed it into an active. Well, and it, it could be seen, like a raffle too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're a $20, I'm sorry, let, let me just give you ideas. But like if you're, you know, maybe you're making this thing and it's like, okay, if you're in the $20 tier, you get a ra- your name in mm-hmm. a raffle and you might win the thing I make. That's actually a really good idea because I've struggled you're with the welcome. idea of, of like making bigger <laughs> things. And there are only so, if I'm not selling them, there are only so many places right. that they're going to go in my life. Well, and so do you do prints or anything of your work or? Um, uh, right now I don't, but, okay. um, but I, I don't know. I just, uh, I could, I could Well, do that, so like, but. I mean, so something like a Patreon for you is like, if you subscribe, you get first access to. So, like, if you do a piece that you're really proud of, you do, like, 100 prints of it. And you yeah. get first yeah. dibs on. Yeah. I mean, like, I think once I get more into the, like, some of the bodies of work I'm doing, with the, especially with the Shibari stuff, like, I feel like that might be something that people might be interested in prints of. But, like, uh, you know, a lot of my work is, like, it doesn't translate It's well so personal yeah. that, yeah. It's like, so, and also, like, people don't want pictures of other people, like, well. usually... So say that, but then you look at the Patreon cosplay market and it's really turned into what World War Two they had the pinup stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's now that and I there's a art I can't remember what But 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 listen, of, so yeah. this but that's all around attraction and sexuality. Like people want pictures of those people because the costume is really good and the girl's cute or whatever. It's like so I mean, with most of my work, it's like I'm making pictures. I'm, I'm, people are paying me to make portraits of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, there could be something to be said, like, in that. Like, maybe if you're this type of patron, you get, like, one tintype a month. Like, if you pay yeah. $60 a month, you get one tintype a month. And, like, well, I'll set up. We can set it up or whatever, you know. Yeah. You could do something like that. But, um, but you know, trying to find where people can access it, like, at a dollar and five dollars. Like, mm-hmm. how do I incentivize, incentivize that? Um, uh, and maybe it might be something like, you know, I only release, maybe I only release the, this type of work on Patreon and like, and maybe my website a couple months later, but you get first access to see it. Or maybe it's like small tutorials or that kind of thing that people can have access to. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about it. It's like, I know that's like maybe like a really smart way to do it, to monetize it that way. Um, just because I can't, you know, like now I'm trying to figure out the different ways I can monetize my practice, whether besides just the portraits, like making other things that people can buy that aren't just like a $60 portrait or $120 mm-hmm. portrait. Does that look like a storefront then for you where you um, have an art gallery? If yeah, you I mean, like that that's like a fantasy, right? Like to have like a storefront or like a, I, I don't think I could just do a storefront tintype studio. Like if I were to do that, it would be probably like something where I sold other like camera specialized camera gear or like um you know stuff that pertain to the tintice but there's there's a lot of there's a couple people who've tried to do that and they don't it's not very successful because that's such a niche market and um, can you i'm curious on licensing kind of stuff mm-hmm. like when i was pulling photos for promoting up to this week i avoid anything that's a portrait of people mm-hmm. because i don't want to 
that this seems like muddy waters for me if it's someone else that i don't know yeah that's why i used your photo and my own photo that you took of us um so that that specifically so all of the pictures i post on my instagram the person has consented to me using it for promotional use so that so then you can use it does that mean like as long as you are not making prints of it or doing something totally sure. wild with it or inappropriate like you can use it to promote me because that's like this that they have consented i have a i have language that i've got enough hate mail i just didn't want to yeah. add to that no no that's totally fine <laughs> what? i mean you get hate mail gordon yes, i don't I understand if you ever, that makes like, me really mad because that means gordon gets more engagement than i do <laughs> <laughs> if you ever need um, i mean i can send hate mail your way but i mean could you then could you have some Somebody sign off yes you can sell my portrait in your store uh probably and i know people do this like especially like w- with like sexy girl pics you know it's like a lot of people do that where they like you know they're such a good photographer that they the girls will come to them and be like "Ooh, make this like sexy set photo set of me and then the person like so the girl gets the pictures right but then the person gets to sell the pictures on or have them available on patreon i don't actually know how that works monetary like mm-hmm. like as far as like do they pay the model or does the model just get the pictures or how that works but yes that's like a thing where it's exposure yeah. no pun intended yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so there's the, because i could see like you did i think it was in new york you're doing the big bouquet flower shot but you like broke well, it up into different fair, pipes oh no that was at the state that fair. was at the state mm-hmm. fair that was really cool thank you and, and you just did a second i just one. did a second one yeah i saw the, your week, instagram yeah. story you're setting that up and yeah. it's like gee i thought you just bought a bouquet i didn't realize that you no i made that shit yeah. jesus christ no at the state fair it was really funny i like because i the begin in the morning i wasn't done like composing it or like arranging it and so i was sitting there doing it at the state fair and everyone was like oh so you're a florist i'm like no no no, you don't even know you have no idea what i'm about to do it like uh but it's just funny They're like okay so how much is this like how much do, do i pay you to do this i'm like no no you, this is not the thing i'm about to do a different thing that's gonna also blow your mind <laughs> um uh but yeah that was like really interesting so if you give morning. me enough money i'll give you this thing too yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's not gonna be, but it's not gonna be cute it's gonna be cute for like five hours and then it's right, like so yeah. like some like i think somebody was like could you do this for my wedding i'm like it's not gonna this is like literally super ephemeral like mm-hmm. it, i'm using like the green foam and stuff but like the flowers are dying like within hours right. even with the green foam so it's like but yeah so yeah. did you have to break that up into like smaller pieces to get the whole thing or yes. could you do that so, yeah. where so if to, you got that mammoth the mammoth the giant ass camera right you can um, do one shot uh so that piece in particular to do it as big as i wanted because i wanted it kind of like one to one um uh, a 20 by 24 wouldn't be big enough but i like the like those pieces specifically are like i've tailor made them specifically to be those like eight by ten composites um uh so that's like specific i mean obviously like part of why i did it too was to um to to kind of make a bigger image than what i typically could with tintype but it but it's kind of lends itself to that like as far as like the the quadrants and the grid and stuff but um but yeah you have to do it like with the way i'm doing you have to kind of do it all at once how did you map that out because there's what was it nine. three by nine yeah nine, yeah um what do you mean like did you like okay i just took this photo in yeah. this upper left corner yeah how do you know when I just move just, over and like I look at the tintype that I just took and I'm like okay I think there's that much of the the flower on this side in it so I'm going to move it over a little bit and they're not perfect by any stretch they don't match up but that's part of it too it's like they're not meant to be perfect like match up perfectly it's just meant to be like kind of like this like this like a uh, kind of encompassing image 
uh, whether it's like kind of a little weird in spots, it's uh, like it's a part of it. And there's a shitload of detail, especially on those flowers. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you if you were to scale that up to a larger camera, yeah, would you lose that detail? Or no, is no, it would be they would be like tenfold. It would be like really super. The the bigger you go, like the more resolution there is. And um, and because like this it, process is essentially grainless, it's like you can see all kinds of like really cool stuff like up close, um, especially with bigger plates and stuff. I mean, obviously, like you need a lens that would get up if you really want to like super macro stuff like you need a, a lens for that. But otherwise, like, you know, it's like you me looking at this table right with my naked eye I can see certain things. But when you make a photograph of it, you lose some of that resolution when when you make a tintype of it, you can still see that. So it still has like a lot of that really good resolution that you can see with your eyeballs. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially looking at the the composite photos. I don't know, Casey, if you can pull that up and I, you, you want me to do okay. things no, right no, now? No. I've been just <laughs> drinking beer and <laughs> hanging out. Like. But the, this, it the, just the looks important because I have two I computers. Really <laughs> you have the white flower petals out front and behind the shadows and well, the nuancey things that I pick up on. <laughs> My ADDs is like, ooh, look at all the shiny. Yeah. Look at all that shiny. Well, I mean, so I'm uh, I'm going to be doing a couple more of those, um, uh, and uh, because I'm having a solo show in January, oh, where at the uh, co exhibitions in Northeast, uh, they they're a part of Burlesque, um, which is like a, a screen printing port a poster company. Um, it's like it's a f- massive space, and I'm uh, I'm nervous about filling it, but I'm also really excited about it because I want to make a lot you know bigger work and so this is a really good avenue for it but um uh it's it's a really really big space but i'm i'm trying to make a bunch of really big composites and then other things too like i'm gonna maybe do some video work it's all gonna be tintype related um uh but i'm gonna do maybe do some video work and maybe some sculptures and uh and then obviously some of the shibari stuff too will be there Oh, no, I thought you looked like you're gonna say something well I, so i i'm on the instagram and i looked up black hand and BLKK? Nope, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's there is a guy. What it, what do you want to talk about him? Because I Yeah, I kind of fucking do, because this guy's an asshole. Yeah. Like, his photos are shit, first of all. Like. Oh, wait, no, what is this? This is blackhand.official. Oh, I, I, there's someone else. Oh, is, is there somebody else? There's okay. someone else who does tin types who decided studio. to be black black hand t- studio or something or yeah. like in uh I like anyway. Did I they come them. up after you? At oh yeah, no, they <laughs> like so he pretended like he didn't. I called him the fuck out on. I was like, like on Instagram, I was like, hi, you can, and I actually politely messaged him. And I was like, hey, your name's super similar to mine. It'd be really cool if you changed it. Um, uh, you know. Like, because it, it, a lot of people, I've, I, like, because part of how I found out is because someone was trying to tag tag me in a post, like, for that workshop I was doing. This person had a ton of fucking followers, more than me, and she, he tagged that guy instead of mm. me. And so I lost out on, and then this guy who has, like, 100 followers got, like, 20 more followers. I don't know. It was, like, so stupid. But he had a different name. It was, like, 24K tintype or something like that and I remember him interacting with my account before and then all of a sudden he likes you know changes name and stuff and uh and I was like okay like so there's only so much originality with naming for tintype businesses there's you see a lot of the same kind of themes happening and stuff and people try but um but I feel like my name was really unique and uh 
And so it was like really frustrating for me to like see that. And I messaged him nicely and then he blocked me. <laughs> and and then I got went on a different account and met, put posted on his like one of his posts. I was like, look, dude, like it's really rude that you blocked me. I was asking you nicely about this. Like it doesn't really matter if you change it or not. I'm like, I'm blowing you out of the water anyway. But like uh, I was really salty. <laughs> but um, um, but you're an asshole. I don't know. I said something not great. But and that then he's just like, so yeah, he's like, I came up with this name by myself and you have nothing. I don't even hear, I haven't even heard of you. Like I'm like, OK, cool. Like, cool story, bro. <laughs> cool story, bro. I'm like, Whatever. He's like making really shitty tin types in Canada. So it's fine. That's true. <laughs> oh, they're Canadian tin yeah. types. They're covered in. No, uh, Canadian tin types are fine. Actually. Canadian tintypes are fine. His tintypes are bad. But um, is there? A he lot has of- like one review on Facebook, and it's his girlfriend. So. Well, to be fair, they're all afraid of the dark. So who's afraid of the dark? Canadians. Canadians. Are you talking about like that show? Are, are you afraid of the dark? No, is that no, a Canadian show? no. I don't think so. No, just what are you uh, talking about? Oh, th- there's there's a r- long ringing joke that Canadians are afraid of the dark. I don't know about this joke. It's not funny. <laughs> you got fucking nothing then. It's a shit joke by a shit is person. Really I'm sorry. Within huh? t- is it really competitive like that within the tintype market? Mm, what do you mean? Like, uh, I don't think so. Like, uh, with the naming stuff or naming or just you know because you get the social media aspect yeah. in there. But I mean, yeah. you said locally, there's not a whole lot here. There's not a whole lot. I mean, I like, and this is something I struggle with, but I feel really competitive sometimes, and I'm trying not to be like that. Like, it's it's just it, like it, it all centers around Instagram, which is really fresh. Like, you know, Instagram is like such a source of frustration for me, and so there's so many times where I'm like, I see someone pop up, like some commercial photographer guy decides he's going to start doing tin types. And they look really slick, right? Because uh, he's got the lighting down from being a commercial photographer. And, like, all of a sudden, he just, like, surpasses me in followers. Like, And I'm like, shit, I've been, like, doing this shit for five years. Like, what am I doing wrong or what's wrong with my images that this guy can just, like, come out of nowhere? And, like, what am I doing different? And, um, and so that's kind of, like, I don't know if it's, like, a regional thing or what it is. I'm trying not to focus on that and not be frustrated by that. Have you ever looked to see if it's a sponsored underneath the uh, They're not. Table? Yeah, oh. usually they're not. Um, uh, I just suck. No, I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> suck. It's fine. Um, but I internalize it a lot. And I take it personally. So it's just, I'm trying not to. Um, but, I mean, it's not, it's, it's competitive and it's not. There's only, there's only so many of us. So it's, like, you know, I feel like I want to, I want to be super zen about it and be, like, there's enough for everyone. There is enough. It's just like, but then Instagram just makes me feel personally so competitive because there's like literal numbers that you can look at and be like, this person is better. This or especially the hashtag, it's like you know, clicking on the tintype hashtag and not being able, you know, not seeing any of my work on that, even though I get more engagement than most of these people. Mm -hmm. I like, I don't. It just it's very frustrating for me, and it makes me feel bad, and I don't want to feel bad. Do you put more value in the post like or the engagement? It's like it's comments that more so than likes Mm -hmm. that are better, but. Um, I mean, either way, it's still kind of like, it's still frustrating. Well, no, it's, it's all just a fucking number. It's all uh, a number, yeah. I, I mean, for me, like, I like I had this goal for myself, and I don't think I'm going to meet it, but I would really like to get to 10,000 followers this year. Um, uh, for mo- Mainly for my business, because once you get to 10,000, there's things that open up for you mm-hmm. on Instagram as far as, like, how many people they show your stuff to, and then other, like, things like the swipe up to look at this link or whatever. It, like, makes it more accessible to sell things. On or to get people to buy things from you on Instagram, and I, like I've been at like I mean I was really excited to get to four thousand recently, but I've literally been at four thousand forty fifty whatever for like months now, 
and it's like and I'm watching other people who get like hundreds of fo- new followers every month and it's like really who are doing the same thing 300 this year <laughs> <laughs> you're but you're different you're what you're doing is different like your content is a visual it's audio and, right, right. Um, and you're not talking about and that's sex, why so you know, I tried to check Casey <laughs> um, well he tried but yeah really nobody cared yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so it's just like you know I'm trying really hard like I like but I'm also trying to figure out to like how do I operate my business not depending on this like can I do mm. that because ultimately it is just a number it doesn't really matter like there's tons of people artists super successful artists and that don't do what I do necessarily but like you know who I know are doing well have who have like 300 followers on Instagram and they're doing great they're doing fine so why I can do that too like so I need to like not be so married and focused to like the numbers on Instagram mm-hmm. and and be more I don't know just like just put myself out there and put work out there and stuff. Do you see that getting easier as our generation has kind of started or generations behind us has started to walk away from the big box store convenience and started going back to locally owned you know mm-hmm. breweries the big mm-hmm. thing is drink local mm-hmm. and fuck you go down downtown down, downtown St. Paul and mm-hmm. like Lower Street or yeah. Lower Town area and it's all it's packed constantly it's yeah. all this local shops yeah um uh, I think so like I, I think so too especially like as like people I think see more and more I mean social media is so useful and great and not that I'm trying to bring this conversation back to social media or anything I don't want to talk about that anymore, but, <laughs> um, uh, but that being said it is a really useful tool but I do I want to try and find a way to engage with, with people more like in person um uh either by doing markets and that kind of thing or like you know advertising in a different way that like i don't know i'm trying to figure it out but i do i do see that i mean that's part of why i'm still doing what i do and why i'm confident that i can still continue to do what i do is um i think more and more as we move forward like people want these like one-on-one interactions they want these like handmade objects they want whether it's tintypes or something else or um, because uh, because they want to feel special and unique, and, and that these things help you to do that. But uh, uh, I just lost my thought. You can see it just no. there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's the podcast host? Sessionable. Uh, <laughs> Big old. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that thirteen percent <laughs> bullshit you put on my kegerator. Twelve percent. Twelve point nine. Twelve point one. Yeah, after I yeah. purposely okay. overcarbed it so it only fills half the glass. <laughs> I go back twice. <laughs> Strategery. <laughs> now, for photographer photographers listening and anyone that's looking to get into tintype wet plate stuff, I mean, do you have any advice for them? Whether it's how I mean how do you get started or yeah. you know how Take do you combat the social media I mean like I think it's just like get, I mean I should take my own advice like don't don't worry about social media like don't just go in and do it and make it and like don't worry about like oh is this Instagrammable is this image Instagrammable can I like how do I I mean I have to think about that stuff all the time and I hate having to think about that stuff all the time but if you're just getting into it just like just go in and make stuff because like um, I think you know obviously you want to share it with the world or in in social media is a good way to do that but like try not to make things for instagram if that makes sense um uh, as far as like getting into wet plate um uh you know it's gonna take a really long time to get good plates like especially if you're doing it by yourself um like the cool thing about this workshop is that these you know i knew that the chem- the technique and the chemistries were good and so the only variable is is how the person was applying it and i was literally there to like direct them how to apply it so they made nice plates 
if you were by yourself, like with a kit that you bought, um, it's really hard to make a good plate. And it really is, um, uh, what's the word, intimidating or dis- disheartening for people who spend a lot of money on like a wet plate kit and then go out and try to do it and they get no images or anything like that. Like, um, uh, it's really, I think it's really hard for most people to learn like by reading or like watching videos or even just like a manual, it's like way easier to have like a person there doing it. This is not an advertisement for a workshop, but I'm just saying it, it's nice to just don't lose heart if you like trying to get into it and like maybe you can't afford a workshop or whatever and you can only afford the kit. Don't lose heart, just keep trying and reading and um, and you'll eventually figure it out. But it's like, it does, just give yourself time. Cause that's, that's what it was for me it was like, I, when I first started my plates were like super shit and I, but I was so excited that I had an image and then like things would go wrong and then I wouldn't get images anymore and I didn't know why and and now that I've like have familiar familiarized myself with the process like I know how to troubleshoot better and actually that's like translated into other parts of my life too as far as like you know trying to figure out other parts of my work that maybe that don't involve tintype but um uh also like get a grant because this shit's expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. Oh my god. I mean, you don't need like you can buy a kit, and then you can use sunlight, right? Like so, those are the like because you don't have to get strobes. Like I mean, the strobes are really expensive. The camera can be really expensive. You can make a box. I mean, there's like lots of ways you can access this, somewhat cheaply. But in the end, it is expensive, even if you're trying to get like dirt level cheap. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And if people want to get in touch with you or see more of your work, where can they find? Or more importantly, if you're going to be doing another workshop ever mm-hmm. you know where can they find that um so uh uh instagram i hate you hello i'm at uh b-l-k-k-h-a-n-d uh on instagram uh also my website b-l-k-k hand at gmail doc, or at dot com black hand but i spell it all hipster and shit <laughs> um uh those like all announce on there like i'm doing we're we're planning maybe another workshop in october so um so that'll be really nice because the weather will be a little bit better um, uh, so and I'll be doing that through Praxis and they'll also announce it so um, but yeah any other pop-ups that folks can look forward to seeing yet uh, I'm Chicago next week or next weekend um, I'll be at what's after that I'm gonna be at uh, Moto USA or something like that it's like a local motorcycle thing at Bauhaus I forgot the exact I think it's like September 7th um, I'm gonna be there making natural light uh, motorcycle portraits. Oh, that sounds Ooh. badass. Yeah, I'm super excited <laughs> about this. It's going to be really hard, and but I'm really excited. So normally, so with strobes, I can, like, pump portraits out. Like, because there's no variables, like, with the light. With natural light, it's like you got to, like, watch the sun. And if there's a cloud going over, it's a lot, it takes a lot longer to set up. It, the exposure is longer. So it just it's slower. It's much slower. Um, but... The, uh, I think they'll look really, really cool, especially like with bikes and stuff. I've I've been wanting to do this for a long time and trying to find the right avenue. And uh, and they approached me, being like, "Do you want to have like a booth here?" And I was like, "Yeah, I fucking want to have a booth there." Like, Should get into back to the fifties and start doing the car portraits. That would be kind of cool too. Um, I mean, people have to bring their cars to me though, so I don't know how that would work. Like mm-hmm. as far as like having a a booth there, or, like or or if I, I guess I could charge like. Nah, no, that's never mind. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I was like, I could charge like two hundred dollars a portrait, and then I can bring the camera to you. But depending on where they are in the fairgrounds, no. the shit's gonna dry by the time I get there. So, it's but that then with car shows, like they drive around because they have pinstripe artists that'll you bring your car to them and they'll paint your. Oh, car okay, cool. There. Okay, so, okay. So there is driving around. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just have to, but I would need like a bunch of space. Yes, because yep. for cars. Anyway, you know, but that's another thing that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah but you know it's, it's just so many more variables with natural light that it's really hard it's like really scary intimidating for me because it's like i don't i like having the control that i do with the strobes and uh with natural light it's like i mean what if like all of a sudden like it starts raining or there's cloud cover and I can't make someone is like trying to pay me for a picture. I'm like, I can't the sun, my light source is gone. Like, mm. so that's a little frustrating, but I, I'm like up for the challenge. So is there a way that you could, I guess, create sunlight? Yes. Yeah, like contact those? your local deity situation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk to you, Apollo. And, uh, do a little goat sacrifice. And, yeah. Um, light a candle, do some witch shit. You know, it was really popular right now with women. I didn't know if there's like a, a slow exposure light or something. Um, I mean, yeah, there is, but then there's, but then there's a question of power, then, right? So then you need power mm-hmm. to power the light, and then I might as well just use my strobe, and then, and then we're just back at square one. Back to like, but, but I have been seeing some really cool like mixed light situations where people are like doing an exposure for the background with natural light and then popping a strobe to get like the portrait and that's actually looks really cool so I might do mm. some stuff but I don't think that would be good for this mm-hmm. um, but anyway yeah well thanks again for making the trip down here yeah, no problem. really appreciate taking the time and thank you everyone for listening to the show and Casey for getting those buttons queued up <laughs> Well, I mean, you didn't give me any fucking cues. So. No, yeah, yeah, I, was, I didn't even know where it was. Usually the, you know, do you have any advice is like the cue because that's kind of at the end of every oh, show. Oh, yeah. You should probably let it's me know, know that before the show, so. I'm surprised we just didn't have to cut him off. Like usual. Folks, just been getting- Folks listening, make sure to follow the show on Twitch where you can tune in to the show live and join the conversation. Just head over to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. You can find this episode and all others on blindninjastudios.com slash ROA. Also available for download and streaming on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and CastBox. Make sure to su- subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch live recordings of previous episodes. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a couple ways you can help out. Help out. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also support the show directly by heading over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast. I have a couple ways to help out there. And if you'd like to get a hold of me directly or be on the show, shoot me an email at roapodcastinfo at gmail.com. Thanks again, folks, and we will catch you next time.